0: He has his own podcast. <laughs> what is the job? Get my shit together. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Friday, the twentieth day of january twenty twenty three You made it. I hope you 're at week 's end, and I hope you have a big weekend in store. I hope you spend more of your time doing things that make you feel most like yourself and less of the other stuff. I hope you're living well, living the way you want to. This week and and all weeks, but uh, you know, we're still in January 2023. You're only 20 days in, so don't think that you've gone off the rails or you're not committed to what you said you were gonna do. If you made a resolution, it's only 20 days in. You have 345 more days of the year to abide by living the way you want to do. So keep doing that. I'm not living the way I want to live because I still am not drinking. <laughs> I'm still dry. It's, uh, whatever it is, two and a half weeks now. And until I get that blood test next week, uh, I'm not going to go enormous when it happens. And I don't even know if I'm going to drink, have anything to drink that night. But what I said last time remains true. I don't like being made to feel someone else is telling me not to drink. (laughs) Uh, but I will tell you this, people who drink, don't drink, drink and stop drinking, um, go in and out of it like I do you, you may have a curiosity about what your body goes through and lord knows my phone must know like I heard me talking to my wife or my doctor about uh, my doctor <laughs> about about my uh, speedballing cholesterol medicine and alcohol that it's all like hey what about this drinking thing or do you want this app to not drink or keep track of how much you drink or whatever there is a wealth of, I'm sure, somewhat dubious information on the internet about what happens to your body, uh, the changes it goes through when you stop drinking. I will be clear, it seems like most of those sites are for people who drink a titanic amount of booze. Uh, because they talk about like when you stop drinking, do it under like medical supervision or you could die. So... I think some of those are for people who drink a tremendous amount uh, as, a, as opposed to like a sporting drinker like myself. I drink for sport. <laughs> Is that classy, drinking for sport? Uh, anyway, there are, there's a, a, a variety of things on the Internet saying, you know, after two days, your sleep should improve and your mood should stabilize. And, you know, your body will start doing this and you'll lose water weight. I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what happens when or what is supposed to happen and when it's supposed to happen. But it's pretty interesting to align like I'm like, all right, I looked after a week and it said this would happen. Has it happened? Has it not happened? That kind of thing. Well, I'll tell you what, maybe my mood is stabilized a little bit. But oh, my God, did my daughter go berserker on Thursday night and drove me and my wife insane? Like it was it was like, oh, it was it was very, very challenging, as any parent of a toddler knows. Sometimes they just lose their absolute shit, and there's no way to get them back. Speaking of, it's like dealing with an angry drunk. You know, they just don't want to hear it. Anyway, my moods probably have stabilized. <laughs> that certainly challenged it, that spirited little girl of mine. Everything she says now is because I'm four. Like, I do this because I'm four. I can white myself because I'm four. Well, you don't do it all that well. Anyway, um, I love her to the end of the world, and she is my favorite thing, but she really gave it to my wife and me Thursday night. My goodness. Uh, before I went to the Laughing Skull and did the best of 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 the best, uh, in comedy and, you know, Apparently, had a, uh, apparently, I had a great set, but I didn't really enjoy myself. I never I never locked in. I mean, when I say I had a great set, people were very nice and complimentary afterward, but uh, I didn't feel it. Anyway, the point is this. These changes your body go through uh, when you stop drinking. One of them, they mention, is your skin will clear up and your face will have uh, less bloat, obviously. And uh, I think... Almost to whatever day that is, like two weeks in, did people come up to me and say, hey, you look great, or hey, you look good, or did you get a haircut? And it's just, I'm sure, from not having like a booze bloat or whatever on my face. I was at Limerick, and people said, hey, you look really good, or you look great. Like, they couldn't figure out what's different, and it must be that. It must be that I uh, was that I don't have any booze or whatever is in my face. Alcohol, swell. (laughs) He's a swell. I'm going to go have a drink with these swells. I told you, I've looked at some of those videos that I'm posting on Instagram and I thought that my face looks so atrocious because I get uh, just a crappy night's sleep, short, interrupted sleep all the time. Don't have long, sustained sleeps. But, now I'm starting to think booze is a part of that. I mean, not of the sleep, but my face. God damn! Like it. I don't know. I we'll see. I'll get some. I think I got some clips this week that I'll be able to post. So we'll see if my new sheen is is paying off. But it's it was almost like to the day of uh of of not drinking did, did, that it said your skin will clear up and your eyes will be more clear and whatever. Well, absolutely, because all sorts of people, men, women, and child, have been like. Hey, you look great. What's going on with you? Or have you been working out? Uh, So that's uh, that's just FYI. FYI, I look great, and you know what? I sound great too. Thank you for. I need to really shout out. You may have mentioned. You may recall me. May recall me mentioning that the local uh, what do you call it? Public radio station, NPR affiliate here in atlanta w-a-b-e they have a program hosted by lois the legendary lois Wrights, is called city lights uh, and they asked me a month or two ago to to be part of their speaking comedy series where occasionally they'll feature a local comic and my episode aired and people were very nice i was worried that i don't just lifelong insecurity i was worried that i would sound like a little douchey on there but uh, people told me that i I did not sound douchey and people that i trust would tell me if i (laughs) said i asked comics like tell me the truth they said no dude it was fine um so that was i I really appreciate everyone lois uh summer and everyone at city lights for including me in that and asking me my question asking me My thoughts about stand-up comedy—one of my favorite things to talk about. So I really appreciate that. And if you want to listen to my six-minute interview on City Lights, the link to the interview is currently in my um, Instagram profile. So you can hear me say, "I'm Joe Smith. I'm an Atlanta stand-up comedy stand-up comic, and I and I talk about it." Probably won't be hugely revelatory to anybody who listens to the podcast, but, you know, uh, nonetheless, I appreciate the support. And uh, the. I don't know if it's going to... Nick Murphy asked if it's going to drive a lot... Or maybe Brian King actually asked if it's going to drive a lot of NPR folks to <laughs> Tuesday nights at Limerick. And, and wouldn't they probably be in for a surprise? Because it's a little bit different. But I'll tell you what, the joke that they aired on WABE in Atlanta... Which, um, yeah, W-A-B-E is, uh, it's not racy, but it's it's a little edgy. And I was kind of surprised that they ran it, but I'm glad that they did. And again, I'm grateful. If you want to check out the interview, go to my Instagram page. Yes, Joe Smith. Click on the, where the the profile is. And I guess I'm probably talking to an older audience right now. (laughs) Just click on the link in my bio. Okay, that's what the kids call it. Link in bio and you can hear the six-minute interview. So that was great. It was a big week. I I told you uh, the trend line is heading in the right direction. Uh, I I actually titled a podcast The Trend Line sometime in the last couple months. I'm enthused. I I feel like I have energy in my comedy career. Well, these videos keep going. They keep going and going, and it's uh, very flattering and reassuring. Um, The latest one and I don't want to jinx it but it's up over 10,000 views maybe like 3,000 likes is the one about um the indi an indian comic using the n-word on stage and me kind of um roasting him for it so uh, anyway the trend line the point of it dude you're the greatest and you deserve everything and you deserve it handed to you fuck you dude i've been working my ass off at this thing okay uh, but more good news regarding me <laughs> is the show I told you about. My idea for a show, I said it was going to be called, did I say it was going to first be called What's Your Problem or You Mad Bro? And then I landed on the idea of, let's call it The Best Medicine. Well, the good folks at the Laughing Skull Lounge in Midtown Atlanta, my home comedy club, have agreed to let me try it out so we're going to do that uh in february we're homing in on the date i'm hoping it's going to be sunday the 19th of february uh, and we'll do it in the sort of experimental slot which is 5 p.m on sunday so, uh, so i'm thrilled about that that's it's really nice that's I'm, I'm very grateful they're gonna let me i i pitched it to him i'm like here's what i'm thinking i'll I'll be the moderator with Between the Crowd and then three comics. And I have two comics already committed. The two, first two comics that I had in mind are committed. And I'm going to get at least one more. I'm thinking of the idea of maybe having a total of six and kind of rotating them in to see how it all works. But I'm really excited about it. We're going to have the show is going the format. I think I'm going to switch back because... Well, I'll tell you about that. The format, if you recall, is going to be... Um, me moderating people's problems not like so you come in and you say what's your problems like you know i live uh, next door to a dog that doesn't bark it doesn't have to be a huge problem i live next door to a dog that doesn't bark and it's driving me fucking crazy and then i would be like okay well let's turn it over to the comics to roast the problem to give you a solution provide a solution and you know make you feel a little bit less alone in the world like we're laughing at your problems that, you know, hopefully we will take the sting out of them a little bit. So I thought it was going to be clever and call it the best medicine. But I was talking about it with Andrew Stanley, the great comic, the other night, and and explained to him. It, and he was very supportive of the idea, and, and we were talking about we could tape it, and you get clips out of it, and you could make it into a podcast, and all these things that we think could ensue. And I was like, all right, perfect. Also, do you want to do stand-up comedy in the middle of it? (laughs) Since you like the idea so much, will you please come and be like a 10-minute, what we'll call, palate cleanser in the middle of the show? That would be great. Um, Yeah, we could do that and have have someone in the middle of the show, Andrew Stanley, do 10 minutes of stand-up comedy. People can refresh their drinks, and then we'll come back and do the second part of the show. So I was talking about it, and he was a great resource, like, We'll have the show be 90 minutes. It'll be a a comedy show for 90 minutes. But we'll make it editable where we can make it into like a 22 to 30 minute, uh, you know, historically TV show, right? Something you could watch on YouTube in 30 minute or 25 minute chunks. And then YouTube would make all the money from the content and we wouldn't have shit to show for it. But LNC and uh, 15 underscore versus underscore 15... We're so excited and delusional about this. We think this might be the thing that could get us to the Fox Theater if we do it right. If we do this, comics solving your problems by roasting them, roasting each other, and just making light of it, we'll all leave in a better place. And we envision people will want be running to it. Like, wait, wait, don't tell me. People will be running to the Fox Theater to see us do it. And they'll want to have their problems uh, solved by us. And I could be totally delusional, but people seem excited about it, so uh, why not Why not? I have to be delusional. I think I haven't peaked. You have to be delusional as a stand-up comic. You have to think you're the best in the world. Right? (laughs) So, uh, very excited. And if you are in Atlanta, I would love your support. So, circle those two dates. And I'll I'll confirm when I have the actual date. Uh, uh, Sunday, February 19th. Or Sunday, February 26th at 5 p.m. at the Laughing Skull Lounge. We'll need to sell it out. That shouldn't be hard. We have 75 seats that we have to sell. We can do that. Uh, I don't know how much tickets will cost. Uh, We'll we'll figure that out. But let's sell that show out. That would be so great if we did it. And we, uh, you know, you come drink on a Sunday afternoon and listen, you know, tell us a problem or two that you have. You might walk in and be like, I'm not telling them anything, but. That Lord knows they're struggling up there let's give them a, give them something to to uh, work through so uh, that's a positive development in in the last couple days I had that thing air on WABE, and I and I had my my project green lighted by the laughing skull and um, so I'm, ve- I'm very excited about that and the two comics first two comics that I wanted to have uh, on are, are gonna do it and I'm going to get, like I said, one and maybe three more after that. And it's it's only going to be killers. There's not, like, you know, people trying to come up respectfully. It has to just be a bloodbath of killers because we're trying to make it the thing. So that that's, that's the plan. Uh, that's the development. I would like to also, speaking of developments and solicitations from my great audience here, let you know that on Monday's podcast I am going to feature I remember I asked for you to tell me what your um, what stereotypes people hold about you or what stereotypes you have about me and how they and I could tell you if you're talking about yourself you could tell me how they are accurate or misaligned uh and if you have stereotypes about me as a straight white whatever gendered man um I can tell you... You could tell me what the stereotypes are and I could tell you if they're true or not. Well, someone wrote in... Actually sent an audio file. He's an audio file, Brian. That's a Brian King bit. Um, He sent in an audio file about what it's like to be stereotyped as a blind person. And I will play that and... We'll listen to it and talk about... I don't know if I can get you to listen to it, but I will listen to it transcribe it I don't know I'll figure out a way to present it to you and we can talk about it Uh, about the stereotypes that uh, exist I guess for blind people and how they uh, align and do not align with with his reality so do stay tuned for that also um, one other comedy thing from Limerick the other night I mentioned that I was having on uh I mentioned the lineup, and there was one comic that another comic put me in touch with, and said, "Can you help him get on the show?" And I said, "I'd be I'd love to do the favor and make it work for everyone." And I so before he went up, I as a host, I always try to get the person's name right, you know how it's pronounced, what they prefer, because you want to bring people up in the best light possible. I said, "Hey, so do you like to do you go by Matt or Matthew? Matt or Matthew?" I said to him right before I said. And he said, "Uh, it's Donald. (laughs) And I was like, well, then I'll use that because that is neither Matt nor Matthew. And that was Donald G who did, uh, who made his debut at Limerick the other night and uh, had a grand old time from what I could tell. But you know who did not apparently have a grand old time is the woman at Limerick who flipped me off as I was starting the show. WTF though she did stay. This is just a sign. Well, I, I I hope she doesn't listen to this, but this is what a miserable person does. A miserable person conveys their misery, but then does nothing to change it. This woman sitting in the front with her friend, they walked in after I got there. So I started and said, Did you know? There was a comedy show happening, and they said, "No, we did not." And then I said, "Well, I'm I'm sorry. I like apologize that they were going to be, you know, you don't want, but maybe they took that as like I don't know what how they took it, but they were sullen looking people, joyless, empty <laughs> people who probably just want to have a quiet drink without uh, being talked to by some asshole on stage. But I was in no way provocative. Uh, to me, no way, uh, provocative or, um, you know, but the woman flipped me off. Like, like within, it's probably close to a record for being flipped off at the beginning of any show or any set I've ever done, because she flipped me off within three minutes of me talking, and I said to her. What is that for? Why are you flipping me off? And she said, "You don't know." And I just like just tell me what's on your mind, because cause I and then I, I it's too early in the show to go into a big you hate me, I hate you thing. At least that's what I felt, and I also didn't want to. I, I didn't really care. I just wanted to know if you're gonna tell me. Great, if not, I'm not gonna play your reindeer games, lady. Um. I don't know what I did, but she sat there, she flipped me off, and then I said, what was that for? And she said, you don't know? No, and neither do any of the social relations in your life, and that's why you're sitting here being miserable because you don't tell people and you presume everybody, through your self-importance, knows exactly what you're thinking. But you, like the rest of us, are egocentric, and that is we think about ourselves, we process ourselves in the social world way more than we do anything else. So we just assume unconsciously everyone else is as plugged into what's going on with us inside our brains as we are. And the, pr- the truth of it is, No one fucking knows what you're thinking or why you're flipping me off, including the other comics who were in the room going, what the fuck is that woman so unhappy about? And then we all speculated and had a nice little roast about her. But here's the interesting thing. Like I said, what a miserable person does, they don't just be miserable by themselves. They want to inflict that on other people. So just to be the anchors in the room, she and her friend sat there, the Whole night and ordered drinks and ate food, <laughs> and occasionally I don't know if they looked up or laughed, but it felt like a black hole in Limerick caused by uh, this woman and her friend. But they stayed, they bought drinks, so uh, ultimately, maybe they felt better on the other side. And I wish you well, but you know, just if you're unhappy, just tell me why. I, I that that much, you owe me that much, okay? I mentioned the stereotypes a minute a minute ago, and please do tell me what you think your stereotypes are. Uh, I will read the... uh, I will convey what the the blind person's uh, people's preconceived notions about blind people are and how that aligns or doesn't align with his experience. I was just thinking that the white person stereotype that I violate the most is I like spicy food. I like really, really spicy stuff. I don't I don't get Thai food and say make it Thai spicy, but I say make it spicy, you know, on that scale. Sometimes I get a Thai spicy, uh, but I, I love hot sauce. So you've heard me talk about hot sauce a lot. I like spicy food. I love jalapenos. Um, and I don't like mayonnaise. So, (laughs) is that still a stereotype some people have about white people is that we love mayonnaise? I don't. I think it's gross. I've never liked it. But the thing about spicy food is, I was wondering, and this is, I guess, why I'm discussing it. I think I like the flavor to the palate as much as I do, probably without, uh, you know, a whole lot of investigation into the idea. The chemical release, because there's probably something in my uh, dopamine addled brain that gets released when I eat spicy food. Because I don't know that I feel, I, I don't know that I consciously feel it. Do you feel it when you eat spicy food? Like a, like a, you know, a bit of a buzz or something? I don't know that I feel it. But what I do, I think, is I associate eating spicy food probably with feeling good. So... There, I'm, I'm experiencing the the pleasure brought to me by, Yucateca 4x hot sauce, habanero for days. There, but, but I do love the flavor. I do love the flavor of spicy food. But I also probably think, ooh, this is going to make me feel good. Is anybody else like that? And mayonnaise, what? What are we doing with mayonnaise? What does that add besides a little, a little moisture? I guess a little. What do you put muy? you put mayonnaise on processed turkey and white bread. Ah, oh, how gross I get it. You don't want the sandwich to be super dry mustard, okay, you can do that maybe a, a, uh a some tomato That tomato is just filled with water here's for, here's for my mayonnaise listeners, also probably redditors. <laughs> Vaping mayonnaise eating redditors who listen to this podcast. Would you let me know what it is about mayonnaise? Does mayonnaise give you a bit of a high or a bit of a buzz when you eat it? Or do you really like the flavor of it? That's just unconscionable to me to like the flavor of mayonnaise. Alright, so that's my that's those are the stereotypes that I've shattered. <laughs> or or your preconceived ideas about this white man. I don't I like spicy food a lot and I like hot sauce. Just like former first lady near president even though she won more people voted for her than voted for Donald Trump. That's just what happened. But she lost the election in this democracy. More people voted for Hillary Clinton than I was going to say her former husband Donald Trump, but that's a different guy altogether. They're still married, the Clintons. I would, you know, she put the hot sauce in her bag, et cetera. Et cetera. I'm, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to also direct your attention <clears throat> to my national and international listeners. If you, if you're not here in the obviously in the state of Georgia, in the city of Atlanta, a couple interesting things happened. One, uh, both involving death, unfortunately. Uh, the first one, very tragic, the University of Georgia uh, football team won the national college national football championship for the second consecutive year, which is uh, pretty impressive. And on the night that they had the big celebration, I don't know where it was, maybe it was in Atlanta, maybe it was in Athens, Georgia, which is... I don't know. Hour and a half down the road, there uh, was a fatal car accident involving uh, uh, involving a Georgia football player who who died. Two, I believe, uh, and, and, and I believe two Georgia football players were in the car, and then two uh, student staff members of the University of Georgia football team. One football player died. The driver of the car who was uh, uh, a staff member at the university worked for the football program. I understand, or I, I believe, um, and I don't. I don't, don't want to talk too much more about the individuals because it's careless, and and their people are. I can only imagine what they're going through. It's not about those people, but it, it was a high speed chase. A high speed chase. It was a high speed crash in the early hours of the morning. Uh, you know, involving very young people following a day's worth of celebrations. And the newspaper reported that the cause of the crash was uh, high speed. High speed caused the crash. And they did not uh, perform, they did not uh, draw blood and, and do a toxicology screening for the driver of the car driver of the car. And, you know, if it were me, they would have done it to me in in an immediate way. It's the football program I perceive, or you could perceive, or some people perceive, getting a special treatment. And, you know, in in, in a real world sense, they should. That is the coin of the realm in Georgia, in much of the United States, but certainly in Georgia and the Deep South. And certainly in Athens, Georgia. So, you, I get it. I get why why I besmirch the program, why I besmirch the people whose lives have been lost. And uh, you know, these are cops that did their job. Like it kills me when cops, who these are cops that did their job by, they looked out for who they should. They looked out for the most important people, the football program. It's an entirely different question to say, like, is the football program, should it be the most important thing? That's an entirely different question. But what does make sense is looking out for the program. And you might think, dude, you're a fucking hypocrite. Well, of course I am. But it seems adaptive. Like, it drives me crazy when, uh, like, a Major League Baseball manager, like a Tony LaRusso, will just fall asleep in traffic. Because <laughs> He's smashed. That's not a great example. It drives me crazy. Uh, who am I thinking of? The Gonzaga basketball coach. How do I know this? I don't know, dude, because like, shit goes into my brain. And when the Gonzaga basketball coach gets pulled over for being banged up near Gonzaga, whatever it is, university, college, he's like the most successful, iconic basketball coach. He's brought more money to that school, I'm sure, than any other person ever affiliated with it. And they pull him over like a block from campus and they arrest him for a DUI. That seems like a cop not doing his job. The job is to protect the brand, you fascists. You know that. Don't be a do-gooder and be like, I'm the guy that pulled over the most popular man in town. That might give you a couple boners in the, in the you know, uh, precinct. Is that precinct still around? Or is that just on uh, Law & Order SVU? So I kind of, it drives me crazy when the cops make a statement by pulling over some famous person in a small town or associated with a university. It's like, what are you doing? That's... You should be protecting them. You should let them go. It should be you do so many dirty god. This is the point, all right. And this is not anti-cop, but you do so. It is totally anti-cop because look at what a cop looks like these days. All right, okay. I got. I got to move on. You're right. Nobody cares. But it seems like it. You, You do so many other dirty things. Why take a stand on pulling over some? I know, because they make a lot more money than you. And you see them on TV and you hate that. Well, come, cops. Please come. (laughs) All lives will matter, cops, if you come to this show that we're putting together. Black lives matter first. But sure, nobody wants cops to be killed. Nobody wants anybody to be killed except people who do killings. So go figure that one out. Including a police officer who killed somebody who killed a protester this week in Atlanta. A cop killed a protester who was protesting what, dear listener? The building of something called Cop City. Google that. I don't have time to take you into it, and people in Atlanta know about it. But for those of you who are not in the city and are, you know, dispersed across the globe, the machine is trying to build a mega cop campus, a a cop university that are calling it Cop City for training and just copping and, and making more cops and tearing down forests and all this stuff to make what's called Cop City. So a lot of people who are risk, literally, as it turns out, risking their lives protesting and of course the cops and then the government and the machinery says are domestic terrorists, I think the cops, you could say, are domestic terrorists too. The Cop City protesters were there when the cops dressed like they were going into Fallujah, rousted all these protesters. Allegedly, one of them shot at a cop, and a cop. This I I can't wrap my head around this, and and I got to get out of here and save you from this lack of humor, because it's not a comedy podcast at this point. It's a fucking rant. <laughs> and you you know what? You can get that from Reddit. And you don't need to come to this podcast. I apologize for taking you down to a black hole. I just couldn't get my head... I can't get my head around the fact that a, at the site of a place where a cop is going to learn to be more cop-like, they actually did the most cop-like thing and killed a protester. Is that the most cop-like thing? No. But I just can't get my head around a cop preparing to be a cop by killing someone. That's just remarkable to me. It's not funny. It's sad. It's depressing. I know being a cop or is probably a hard fucking job that I don't want, certainly. Um, and it's too complex that it'll, it'll never be solved. But I, it, it's just my thing. I need to go further into my issues with authority because it's about me. It has nothing to do with the cops. And I'm passing it on to my daughter who is going to grow up afraid of cops. And that's pro- my wife doesn't think that's going to be great. All right. I'm sorry for taking you down the rabbit hole. Let's uh do we have a one-liner? <laughs> now I'm like uh, at the end of a set with kind of like lost momentum and I'm trying to just figure out a way to land the plane, but one doesn't really present itself, so I'll tell you this. I'll stop wasting your time here at the end of the podcast. I I'm out of coasters. Thank you so much all the people who have taken coasters, all those judges uh in South Georgia who took coasters. All of my uh, Coloradans and my people who drive 06 Highlanders and everyone else who has the coasters, more have been ordered. And I will see you very, very soon and give you them uh, and encourage you to spread the good word. And I appreciate it. And have a great weekend. Bye.